was, I was going to say, like, Cam Thomas should, in this case, he should go for a different team or something. Yeah, Zach Vaughn is dissing. Like, I don't know. Man saw the three straight 40-point games, and he's like, you know what? I don't like this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he can sit on the bench for like And we're back. How are you in Austin? Doing pretty good. How about yourself, bro? I literally woke up like an hour ago, but just recording this motivated me to get up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's a bi-weekly thing now, but I'm cool with that. Of course. All right. So uh, today uh, we got a few topics to cover, primarily the awards, you know, you know, we got the DPO while that was announced, the clutch award, the coach and the sixth man. I got some other questions regarding those later on, but before we start, got a good, got a guest to introduce. So, is that my cue? <laughs> that's the cue, Ryan. <laughs> nice cue, Ryan. Sick cue, bro. I'm not. I, I was not. Yeah, I was not. So, I was actually. Uh, Austin, remember in 2020 when there was the All Star Game with Common? Yeah. And he had a, like a, a rhyming thing, a couplet thing, or whatever. Ah, oh, don't do that. No, I ha- I ha- I got one. That. Oh man, I, you should you should have learned off of that, bro. What the hell? I you got wanna... it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Let's hear it. I'm All gonna right. cringe so hard. I know you're gonna cringe so hard, but I was like, might as well try to give it a shot, you know? Okay. All right. So, if you're down in the fourth, there's no one better to hit those tough shots than Mister Yash Meta. Oh, that's actually kind of fire, though. I can't even lie, though. So, yeah, that's that. Now, now it's a cue, bro. <laughs> oh, that, was, uh, that was actually very fire. I like that. I like that. I appreciate it. This is, yeah, welcome, Yash. He's um, a good friend of mine from school. So, yeah. Good friend from the AT program. At from the shout out, shout out. Yes, sir. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me on. Yeah, uh, excited to talk about this this basketball stuff. Yo. <laughs> Third thing, uh, for as with every other guest, uh, we always ask a few questions before we start. So, bro, um, who's your favorite player right now? My favorite player right now. Well, it's been consistent the last few years, and it's a bit of a controversial uh, player. But uh, I present day, I really enjoy watching Kyrie. I think that's my that's my favorite player. But that being said, you know, I understand there's a lot of animosity around Kyrie. And plus, like, it's also a little hard being a fan of Kyrie because he's not always available to play due to, you know, whatever circumstances that surround Kyrie and all that kind of stuff. Plus, the Mavs didn't even make it into the playoffs this year. I was excited <laughs> to I was excited to maybe see that, but now I can't see that. So it is what it is. A little unfortunate for sure. Yeah. And then a uh, favorite team. Um. See, the thing is, like, I'm one of the, I'm one of those, I'm one of those fans that doesn't really like follow a team per se. I oh, just, so he's like, a bandwagon. So he's a bandwagon. Oh, got you, got you. I just so Warriors. My, okay, okay. No, no, no. I don't, I don't, I don't okay, okay. I, I just have like, I have like maybe like three players that I like that I like and follow and like, I just root for them. But I don't really have like a team. Like, for example, like I'm not like. Like, it's like, you know how, like, people are fans of, like, LeBron, they just follow him wherever he goes? 
Mm-hmm. It's like it's kind of like that. Like if Kyrie, like whatever team Kyrie bounces between, I'm like, all right, guys, that's that's the team. But it's not the team. It's just Kyrie. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so so who are the other guys then? Uh, I really enjoy Tatum. I love Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, on the Clippers. I like Kawhi. But then again, you know, I I have this thing for guys with like load management problems, man. I don't know. They're just like <laughs> people that don't show up. And then uh, another, it's kind of kind of interesting. Um, he's not that likable, but like I love Devin Booker's game. So like, w. I, will catch, I will catch Suns. Like I always make it a point to watch Suns games. He dropped forty five last. Forty five last night, yeah, yes sir. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I I understand that. You know, he he has some antics that like people may not like, but like, bro, D book is fire, man. Suns versus Raptors with the the mascot and everything. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, of course. But uh, yeah, those those are the main guys that I watch. Um. About it. All right, that's how that's that's a good intro. All right, so some quick rapid fire questions, just some topics I want you, I want you to get your opinions on. Rapid fire. Uh, right, yeah. Okay, okay. So you know, you already know right off the bat. This morning, bam, Nick Nurse got fired. Thoughts? Yeah. You want to start Nurse off? Got, wait, Nick Nurse got fired, bro. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's not keeping up with the news, bro. What? <laughs> Yo, guys, my, my day just started. All right? <laughs> like, but, wow. Um, wait, he got like he got fired. Or did he? Yeah. Like, no, he got fired from the Raptors. Sheesh, one year, know. yeah, one year left. So, and they just let him go. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, kind of, like I, I guess I could, people could have saw it coming, right? Like they haven't been like too successful in the East. It's not like they don't have like decent pieces on their team. Like they don't have like that soul, like that one like superstar. But they do have, you know, I think like reasonable amounts of talent. It's not like they're the um, Washington Wizards or anything like that. Oh, come yeah. on, <laughs> mother Wizards! <laughs> not that Wizards are catching streets, but um, um, yeah, like they also didn't like they were in the play-in, but they didn't. They didn't clinch a playoff spot. Um, yeah, I, I I can't say I'm surprised, but yeah, I, I did not know that. That's wow. Yeah, I feel like there was some writings on the wall during the season. We saw a lot of players like having a disconnect with Nick Nurse. A lot of players have voiced their frustrations, especially about offense. Like Nick did really seem like a big defense-oriented coach, and I feel like mm-hmm. some players kind of just <laughs> fell by the wayside after they they started to like underperform during the season and. You know, maybe the front office is making kind of a, a rash decision, but I wouldn't say it's a bad decision. Like, I could see this panning out if they get someone like Ime Udoka in who's going to kind of rejuvenate the guys. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like any of the players, they're not, they're not like bought out. Like, I feel like they're still bought into the team. They really like playing with the Raptors. I think they probably just need kind of a refresher. And I mm-hmm. think letting go of Nurse and getting someone else could really benefit these guys. Um. There were some words about Ime Udoka coming in or some other coach. You guys have any candidates? I mean, I think Udoka is kind of the leading candidate. Um, I'm not sure who else is really on the market at the moment, but if I had to guess, like someone like Udoka, who I mean, we saw it with the with the Celtics, like when Brad Stevens went to the front office, they brought in Ime Udoka, and instantly, like all the guys fell in love with Udoka. Like they mm-hmm. they had one of their best seasons that year, and of course, the unfortunate situation with you know the whole. Mm, I don't know. What was it like? Um, Adultery. Yeah, <laughs> with like one of the staff there. 
but the players love them. Everyone has good things to say about him, and like, why not try to get him in there? Yeah, he really knew how to activate that team on both ends, like get it done offensively and lock them up defensively. We saw it against the Brooklyn Nets in the first round in mm-hmm. that one playoff series where they swept them, and yep. they were like they put the cl- absolute clamps on KD. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, Yudoka, like, despite like you know all the outside stuff that he might have done, that's his personal life. I don't. Um, I think he'd be a great candidate for this young Raptors club. I think he, um, like, like, like he said, you know, what he did with the Celtics. I think he could apply that, but on the Raptors, and like, he could take them a bit forward. For yeah, sure. agreed. But like, I'm assuming not someone like Stan Van Gundy or something. <clears throat> probably not. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> All right. So yeah, um, 65 game minimum for awards. We heard about. Uh, Wait, Ryan, Ryan, what about your thoughts on, on this whole what matter? Yeah, what about your thoughts, Ryan? Like, <laughs> yeah, you got well, you guys, you guys pretty much covered all my thoughts. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree more. I heard I that you Nick thought it was a bit, a bit rash, though. Don't you think that it, it was, was a bit rash because I felt like he still had, he still had that coach of the year from a few years ago. I think he still has a very defensive-minded orient, like his mindset for coaching is very defensive-minded. And while that wasn't what the Raptors were especially focused on, I don't, I don't see why firing him right away instead of like mutually agreeing to part ways was a better option or if anything maybe like demoting him would have been an option back to an assistant coach i don't know Mm. but i feel like losing nick nurse loses a bit of the defensive mindset that that culture we've had and um hopefully someone whoever we bring in can help us out with that but uh, honestly i'm not too sure yeah, I mean, I will say, though, like, the Raptors guys, like, just at a core, like, what they are as a player, like, a bunch of them are pretty defensive-minded. Like, Trent, OG, Siakam, like, these are guys that kind of have had defense first in, in their in their careers. So, I don't think I'm worried about the defense. I think we just do need a shake-up on offense. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So, yeah, <laughs> that's Nick Nurse. Back to what I was saying. 65 game minimum for awards to qualify for all nba the individual awards you need 65 games so what do you guys think of that well it um the 65 game minimum i think like the reason they did that obviously is so we have some consistency in the league in terms of playing i feel like in recent years there's been um some players in particular not playing enough games well they're having like they're achieving like unbelievable feats like you see you know all this like efficiency stuff like i think kd with the games that he played this year was like 55 percent from the field 40 percent from 30 90 something for something line insane efficiency but then if when you check back like with um you would expect these comments regardless be like oh he only played like something something games this year right and it's like it's pretty common if you um, play more games, your stats eventually like they they decrease a little bit because 82 games is a long season. You're dealing with um, it's a very long season, so much fatigue. Fatigue also plays a factor into like how efficient you can be with the mm-hmm. basketball and like the different teams you play have different defensive structures, so that can affect how you perform on a given night, which will ultimately affect your field goal percentage. So I do kind of get the whole, like, okay, you need to play, like, a certain amount of games to be considered for a certain um, 
types of like awards and stuff. So I I understand where they're coming from. I just think it's kind of sad that it's come to this point. Or it's it, but it's not like we can't also play place all the blame on the players because like injuries are like a factor. But I also feel like injuries have been more prevalent or more like occurring. Like, mm-hmm. like really recently like especially like non-traumatic injuries like i don't know we, we're seeing them all we're seeing them a lot more like these days where players like they have they end up having to take like weeks off even like months off due to like some sort of sprain somewhere and they lose a lot of time and, and it's a shame because like we know what kind of cow like what caliber of a player they are and now we can't see them like they have to lose all this time because uh tweak something now I'm going to ask you, like, do you think these are more prevalent because players are reporting it more, or did they like tough it through in the past? Um, I think that players are probably reporting it more nowadays. Yeah. I think the mentality surrounding the game is a little different than what it used to be. Before, I think there was like a sense of pride and a sense of like, oh, I'm like I'm a I'm a grinded out warrior, you know, like I can mm-hmm. play through like little, little acute small stuff injury, right acute, yeah little small injuries i can play through this i'm a like, it, like people had that they, they had that dog mentality you know i think they they were really proud of that but nowadays it's more like the game's more about i feel like like i want to secure a bag and then um i'm trying to take care of myself because the front office obviously he wants to take care of them so i'm going to take care of me I just feel like the mentality is a little shifted. Like players are really like obviously you're in the league, you're you're there for yourself, you need to take care of yourself. I totally get that. But it's like I feel like that sense of like that er, like the sense to win is like like that that sense to just stay committed to the game or stay on the floor is like it's kind of gone and I don't really blame them for that cuz it's like you have a small injury that could become a big injury if you continue to play through it. And as AT students, like, we get that, right? Like, we totally, <laughs> yeah. we totally get it. But I don't know, man. It's just, uh, I, I, all I know is that I witnessed Kobe Bryant win two chips with a broken finger. Like, I don't know. So I'm going to just put it right there, bro. <laughs> yeah, awesome. for sure. I, yeah. I think I agree with a lot of what, what Yash said. I mean, the game has really changed. And I feel like players in the past, like, they didn't have kind of the evidence from from the past where like if you play too much you get injured like they were just playing basketball to play basketball i think players now kind of understand the risks that they take and if they do end up missing time to due to an injury and it's extended time like they're potentially losing out on millions of dollars that's it's kind of a risk that players probably don't want to take now and i understand and there's another part where even if you do play all these games like there really is no incentive like Mikhail Bridges is going to play 83 games this season. He did play 83 games this season. And he guess did what? play 83, yeah. He's not going to get anything different than what Kevin Durant's going to get. Like, someone that plays 60 games and puts up the same stats is going to get paid the same regardless. So I feel like this this kind of thing where you need to play enough games to, to get an award, it does help, but I feel like it, it sends kind of the wrong message to the players where it seems like they're going to have to force their bodies to play games like more than they can probably handle. So I think they did have good intentions with this change, but... Maybe they could have gone about it a better way than maybe 65. Because 65 does seem like kind of a difficult threshold for a lot of players. Like, a bunch of players ended up playing around 60 to 70 games, like, in between that range. Like, maybe if you lower it down to 60 or have kind of a like a, a thing where an injury w- wouldn't impact that, that number too much. But 
I don't know. I think it's it's a good implementation, but probably the wrong way they implemented it. I personally still think there's that the quote that the best ability is availability, but I completely get where you guys are coming from in terms of needing to look after your body and uh, ensuring no chronic or long-term effects happen. But at the end of the day, this is your job. I think that if you want to get the recognition for what you've been doing, you need to stay at it all the time and like at least that minimum number of games. That's just what that's just that's just how I think of it. But obviously, there's there's pros and cons to each each side of the argument. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like, there's so many different elements to consider. Because on the flip side of um, the whole 65 game thing, you could have players that are totally healthy. That look at that like, oh, I only have to play 65 game this year. Bad. I'm not gonna even go for the 82 because they simply don't need to, right? And these guys like, are being paid millions of dollars. Millions of dollars, and like you know, there are fans that come from all over the world to see their favorite players play. And if you have, I'm not saying all of them, but I know that there like there's at least a few players in the in the association that are like, oh, like I I don't need to play these games. Like why would I, right? Mm-hmm. And it's. It's. It, I think it's just kind of sad that it's come down to that because I like. I miss the days where, like, majority of NBA players had that passion to like. Oh, I want to make it a point to play all eighty-two games this season, and it's because it's like, yeah, the regular like the playoffs are like what matter the most, but it's like the regular season is that many games for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. I think it, it'd be nice if your players would play throughout the course of the season, but I also understand. Like health-wise, like if they want to conserve themselves, like if they don't want to, it's just a lot of stuff. Like there's there's yeah. player perspective, fan perspective. Like uh, us as fans, we can like say whatever the hell we want all day, but until like we're not put in the position, like who knows how what we'd say if we were in their position. <laughs> but then at the same time, it's your job. You're getting paid. So <laughs> there's there's a lot of things to consider, so, man. Yeah, but I think one thing that actually does change a lot of things is the playoff aspect. Like if if you are a player that has secured the first seed and you've played 65 games, like it kind of does get difficult to like want to keep playing, but let's say you're a player that's fighting for a playoff spot. Like like this year, if you're in the West and you're somewhere between six to ten, like you really want to win these games. Like those guys are gonna play a lot harder than the guys at the top, and it may misconstrue some some of the stats that that go into or some of the ideologies that go into voting for All NBA and this and that. Like you'll see someone that's at the top like coasting, and you'll see someone that's fighting in the in the middle of the playoffs, and you're like, I think this guy that that was fighting for the playoff spot has had, had a better impact than the guy at number one. So, I don't know. I think maybe you kind of have to change the way the playoffs are looked at. Like, one thing I, I've always wanted to do is is have the top four seeds in each conference pick who they want to play. Oh. I, I, think that, I think that would really <laughs> incentivize winning. Like, why would someone that's in fifth be fine with staying in fifth if they have a chance to pick who they want to play, you know? So, I don't know. I think you just have to that's change the way the top cool is. That's a very cool concept. That is, yeah, that is a very interesting point and good, like, suggestion. That is that is cool. <laughs> that is, Yo, Adam Silver make, needs to read that. I would make you the commissioner, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm banning Draymond for the playoffs, if that's me. <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> uh, Draymond kind of stepped on Sabonis oh, yeah. game, what, two? Game two of the Kings and uh, Warriors. I think it's a. I think it's a, It was a very dirty play, but let's disgusting. hear you guys. It was, it was disgusting, like to say the least. I mean, 
from every single angle, even from real time if you're watching it. It was a disgusting, dirty play from a player that has history of being a dirty, disgusting player. I don't know how you see that and, and try to make the argument for, for Draymond. People say, oh, he was holding on to his leg. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Are you serious? He fell down, and he's trying to grab his face. He's barely putting any pressure on Draymond's ankle. You can see as Draymond lifts up his leg, there's no pressure on his leg, and he brings that leg up and absolutely clobbers Sabonis <laughs> in the ribs. I mean, it was a disgusting, dirty play. I don't know how Draymond thinks that he was in the right in that situation, and I think suspension is perfectly valid for that. I mean, I I don't have a separate take. Like, I saw it. I, um... Like, from the, if you have your leg grabbed, there are other ways you could respond. Even instinctually, like, there are other options. There are a hundred other things you could have done. This man deliberately just decided to stomp on his chest and then, like, use the energy to, like, jump off of his chest. This man this man didn't just stomp on him. He jumped <laughs> yeah, off he of jumped him. Off. You he know what to, I mean? He went to like, sky zone. Or it, or like, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's... So that's disgusting. But then at the same time, like, Sabonis, I didn't see the angles you guys saw. Like, I, I do want to believe that he was just trying to grab his face. But then before he went down, he was grabbing Clay's jersey. So in my opinion, both these guys are idiots, but Draymond is the worst. <laughs> but I, I, I think both are... No, I think Draymond's the absolute worst. I, I'm i not exactly letting Sabonis off the hook either because he he's onto some weird antics himself. Like, he had no reason to be grabbing Clay's jersey like that. But what Draymond done is like, that was that. I, I there's there's no reasoning, there's no excuse. I see all these NBA players on Twitter like defending him. I'm like, bro, how how are you? Are you looking at the same thing? Literally. Are you okay with this? <laughs> I don't know, man. Interesting nah. stuff right there. Nah, it's but, just one. It's one of those ones. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. NBA brotherhood will protect each other. Actually, you know what? I don't know if we want to get into it on this pod, but there might be some racism, like, racist oh. aspects of that <laughs> shit, bro. Like, oh, is it because Sabonis I'll give is you, white? I'll, <laughs> I'll give you three minutes to talk about it if you want. <laughs> three minutes? Honestly, bro, like, yeah, we could, we could sum up in three minutes. I don't even need three minutes myself. I'll just talk. I'll just mention it. I'll be like, my biggest, con- my biggest, uh, my eyebrows are raised when I was looking at all this. I'm like, okay, look, what happened clearly, like, Draymond, like, messed up. No doubt about it. Not even just messed up. Like, it was a colossal, like, that, that was terrible. What's wrong with Draymond? A lot of things. But <clears throat> my, where my eyebrows were raised, I was looking at it. I'm like, okay, I see Dame. I see PG. I see I see these guys, like, oh, suspension is crazy. Draymond, what else is Draymond supposed to do? The man's grabbing your leg. I'm like, okay, would y'all be saying this if Sabonis wasn't a white man? Like, if, if this was anyone else. Like, let's say, um, <clears throat> who's like... He's like another player that's like Gordon Hayward. Ah, Gordon Hayward's white. Let's say like oh, never mind. Let's say like Anthony Davis grabbed his leg. Like, would y'all be saying oh, okay. that? Would y'all be saying the same thing y'all are saying? Is my question right? I'm like, I, I, I honestly think the answer would be a little different if this wasn't Sabonis. If this was like, if this was like Anthony Edwards, it'd be totally different. You know what I mean? But that's just that's just my take on it though. What what, what do y'all think? I can't lie. I think there is some merit to that. I mean, even online, like, people were just dogging on Sabonis. Like, it was absolutely his fault, giving no blame to Draymond. And part of that maybe could be race, but another part could just be, like, people don't know who Sabonis is, and people know who Draymond is. People love Draymond. Like, I don't I don't know why. Like, maybe that is the case, but 
it's crazy to me. I, I was looking at the same comments, and I'm just confused to myself. Like, I know damn well if this is Grayson Allen doing that. They're like, it is completely different. If, if Grayson Allen's going down and stomping on somebody, they're gonna absolutely rip him to shreds. So I, I think you may have a point in that. I I can't even lie. I think it also comes down to popularity. Mm. Draymond is a much more, in terms of like what he's done in the past and uh, what team he is on, right? Draymond is on the Warriors. He's in California. Obviously, Sacramento is also in California, but no one really talks about Sacramento like that. So Sabonis came from Indiana, well, even Oklahoma before then. So small, small town. Well, not small town, but like, you know, small markets. So when you're, when you're hitting on the, uh, when something like that happens to you, you got the bigger crowd, you got all the bigger names supporting you. So it's, no, even if you're in the round there, you got more supporters because you're more popular. That's, that's I th- and I think that's messed up. I think that's a shame. Like they don't look at the play as a play; they look at it as the let's player. see who is making the plays. You know, it's more of that. So I, I think it's a shame that that that's how things have turned out. But it is what it is. You know, it's 2023. I mean, that's what's going to happen. But I think a lot of players are just kind of just giving Draymond a free pass for trying to like break someone's ribs. You know, it, I think it's a shame. Nah, but like props to the NBA for actually doing the suspension because uh, yeah, there was a lot of pressure for them not to do that. Lot, yeah, I know. The, honestly, the he should, he should be suspended for the rest of the series, but we'll see. I feel like suspending him for the rest of the series would be just bad for NBA business. I don't Adam know, man. Silver, I Adam think Silver, as a businessman, needs to make those decisions. I, I don't know. Sure. I think I think you need to give them a lesson, though. I I think you need to give the league a lesson. You can't. I feel be like his this. biggest lesson is um, honestly, if the Warriors don't make it far, I see like the Warriors letting go of Draymond this offseason, bro, for all his antics. Like I feel like that would be the biggest <laughs> lesson. But then again, we all know Draymond wants to join forces with LeBron anyway, so like I don't know. <laughs> he might just take them the vet minimum to sign with the Lakers. You, you Low key, you yeah, bro. First he's hit like he's telling KD to fuck off. Then you got Jordan Poole getting punched. Now, now, now he's like beefing with other people from other teams. So I don't know. Draymond. Messed up. Draymond. All right. Uh, speaking of Draymond, you know, like he was a very defensive-oriented player. Let's go into the awards real quick, because that's the main topic I wanted to discuss today with you all. Of course, of course. Yeah. So, oh, one thing. Uh, this season, they kind of changed up the names, you know, like, there's no more DPOY of the year trophy. It's, like, called the, what, Hakeem Olajuwon trophy now? What, what do you guys think of that? I like, am not calling name? it that. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I think it's hard to keep track of the different names. Like, I, I'd rather just have it, like, like kudos to the players they're named after. I have all the respect for that. But I'm not calling it that. Like, Defensive Player of the Year is Defensive It's always the been year. DPOY exactly. award, right? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like. Like, I understand, like, imagine walking around and be like, hey, man, I'm walking with the Larry O'Brien trophy. Like, everyone knows the championship <laughs> trophy, but be like, yo, I, I want to I wanna chip. It's my chip. You know what I mean? I mean, like, right. in some cases, it's like the Kobe Bryant All-Star, oh, wait, All-Star MVP award. Like, I'm fine with that, though. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I mean, like, like I'm, I'm a diehard Kobe fan. I, I, I love Kobe to death, but, like, I'm just going to call it the All-Star game MVP. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's nice to be homage, but... At the end of the day, we're gonna call it the MVP, the DPOY, this and that. Like we're not, we're not gonna call it by the Maurice Cheeks Award, you know. <laughs> so that's just didn't me, it, though. Didn't the awards change like appearances too? I think so. Yeah. 
that's a real shame. I don't, don't. I like. I like the old one. The ones where they had like the MVP was just a guy doing like a run or something. <laughs> I like. I like that one, but I don't know why they changed it up. I don't know why they changed it up either. I think it looks a lot worse. <sighs> it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Anyway, MVP is like yeah. what the Michael Jordan trophy. Michael Jordan like trophy, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Could have been like what. Was Taco Fall Award or something? I don't know. <laughs> Taco Fall Award? What if you hate Michael Jordan and you win that award? Like, I'm just curious. <laughs> you would probably, like, donate it to, like, Value Village. You just don't take you know? it. You just give it to the second guy. It's like, you know what? I didn't want to be the MVP anymore. Bro. <laughs> I didn't want to be the MVP, bro. <laughs> didn't Jamarant do that last year with his most improved? Oh, no. He just didn't deserve it. It was supposed to be Desmond Ben. Low key, it was probably Dyson Reigns. High key, high, high key. High, high key. Are you going to give someone the most improved for improving in their second year? Like, that's that's what they're supposed to do, you know? But that's neither here nor there. No, he was expected to make that jump too, which was. Yeah, it's even... like, why would you. And his teammate literally improved more than him. So, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Uh-huh. It's kind of weird. <laughs> but, anyways, so I think the last four days. We got the DPOI, the Clutch Award, which is new, actually. The Coach Award and the Sixth Man of the Year Award. Um, for DPOI, um, Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Memphis Grizzlies won it. What do you guys think? I think it's well-deserved, you know. The Hakeem Olajuwon Defensive Player of the Year Award. I mean, I th- I think all three candidates that, that were finalists were all well-deserving. They all had their own case. But, you know, with the, with the Memphis Grizzlies, he does... Does he lead the league in blocks? Actually, yeah, he does. He does, because, yeah. Uh, because the Memphis scorekeeper gives him extra blocks. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. But no, I mean, <laughs> he, he definitely deserved it. He improved a lot from even from last year. Like, I mean, last year he was just fouling a ton. Like, he was a great defensive player, but he was just fouling a lot. And this year mm-hmm. he has fouled a lot, but he he's definitely toned it down, improved his rim protection numbers, and I mean, him Mobley and and Brook Lopez, Lopez all had serious cases. But I think at the end of the day, like each of them had their own case and. If any of them won it, I would not have a problem. So I think just a well-deserved mm-hmm. award. Well-deserved award all around. Yes? <clears throat> no, nah, I couldn't agree more. I think, like, the season defensively, I was really just watching him and, like, well, what Claxton was doing with the Nets. Like, I know the Nets, <clears throat> ever, ever since, like, the whole Katie and Kyrie, like, fiasco happened and they, like, left the team, like, people probably, like, zoned out of what, like, what was going on in Brooklyn. But, like, this guy, Nick Claxton, all season has been, like, a, on a different energy, like, on the mm-hmm. defensive end. So, I was, like, like I, I, like, I wouldn't have been surprised if he won it either, like, for Depoy. But, um, yeah, it was between, like, him, Jaron Jackson. Um, who else was really making noise on the defensive Brooke end? Brooke Lopez, like, Evan Mobley, Bam Adebayo. Adebayo, yeah, yeah, Adebayo. Yeah, Adebayo. Even Draymond Green, I would say, was. Draymond had his, <laughs> he had his impact. He had his, he had his moments. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you're laughing. Like, he actually was pretty good. <laughs> and I guess even OG could, could be in the conversation, but... I would have said OG. Did he lead, lead lead in, uh, what, steals this year? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Like, I think, I think it, just, it all came down to how strong your team initially is defensively already, right? Yeah, also you're never winging it as a, as a forward these days. It's tough. It's, it's tough. It's tough. <clears throat> it's even like... more tough when you're a guard. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, Marcus Smart did it last year, so. Yeah, but, yeah, but he didn't deserve time, it, though. Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> last time a guard, I think the Gary, last time a guard Gary won Payton? Gary Payton in, like, yeah. 96 or something like that. You know what I mean? 
it is a rarity for a guard to win a defense. But then again, oh. like what he said is right. Like I think there were other deserving candidates, but you know, good, good for right. Marcus Smart, man. <laughs> yeah, good for him. Good for him. Clutch award: the Jerry West Trophy. We had Darren Fox winning it. Um, I think the other two were Jimmy Butler and Demar Derozan. I think this was also very well deserved. Definitely, definitely. I Before mean, we get into that, what is yours? What is the like? What's the established criteria? to win this award do you guys know the clutch award i think it's yeah. most clutch points or something in the fourth or something most like that clutch points okay is it really that or i thought it was just i'm pretty sure it's just that i'm pretty sure it's that i think this award hmm. really is kind of it's more for just like the hoopers you know i feel like there's not a lot of analytics yeah. that go into this like if you just watch basketball you would be like yeah darren fox has been the he's most a, clutch he's a hooper but one guy I would say that didn't make the the finalists. I think John Brunson definitely. I was going to say some, that. I think here. He he has has had some really impressive performances in the clutch. Like New York wouldn't be in the position they are without him. So I, I think he definitely deserves his flowers. Oh, you said you said Brunson, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think what <clears throat> what should factor into this is like obviously yeah, like you want you know, clutch points, the amount of points you score in the clutch, but how many field goals, like field goals made in like critical moments or like like game winning game tying field goals that should also like really be factored because if they had this award like last season like i think derozan would have been like the clear like that man was different like last season with the amount of i think he had like what like three or four game winning buckets and he was like one of the highest point points per game scores in the in the fourth Mm -hmm. crazy but yeah no De'Aaron fox like well we really well deserved I think, yeah, I think SGA could have made a case too, or Donovan Mitchell. I think those guys did really well for their respective teams as well. Yep, yeah, and yeah. SGA, uh, like the OKC Thunder, would not have been uh, in a play-in spot without SGA. Like, they probably would have been a lottery team. So, props to Gilgis Alexander, and Donovan Mitchell's been doing a lot for this Cavs squad, especially in what I've heard. Uh, I saw on Reddit the other day. It was like. Him carrying that Cavs team. Carrying. So, okay. Yeah. On the offensive end, yeah. That was all that was all Mitchell, so props to him. And before the trade deadline, I just had to, you know, give uh, credits to my boy Kyrie. That man in the fourth quarter, like early early to mid season, was like I think he was at the top of like points per points total points scored in the fourth and points per game in the fourth. Because mm-hmm. a lot of his damage, like like throughout first three quarters he probably had like maybe like 10 points and the man would go for like 15 to 20 plus points in the fourth and the nets would win and yeah. the nets were actually on a roll and then he decided to request a trade <laughs> and then everything went downhill but yeah i just had to i just had to bring that up you just had to bring up Kyrie for you yeah <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, cool, cool. <laughs> uh coach award the red I'm, i hope i'm pronouncing this our back trophy yeah <laughs> all right yeah so um Mike Brown of the Sacramento Kings won it. He was an assistant coach with the Warriors last year. And other candidates were uh, Mike Dagnall of the Thunder and uh, Joe Mazzulla of the Celtics. Mm. I think. Yeah. Actually, real quick, can I just say one more thing about yeah, yeah, the cluster of the year? Just real quick. Yeah. I feel like this award kind of is unfair to the guys at the top of the league. I, I feel like someone like Devin Booker, like if he was in like that play-in mix all the way down at like 10-9, like... He would have games where he probably would be clutch in the fourth. But since he, he's on a winning team, like, they just don't get the chance to be clutch. Like, 
this war like I think just tailor, yeah like this this war is tailored towards players that are near like the middle of the pack which is kind of iffy like because the teams at the top they're not winning their games by one or two like they're usually winning the games by a decent amount so they don't even get a chance to be clutch but I think that's just one thing I just want to point out about the award mm -hmm. <clears throat> that's, that's a, a fair, fair point. point that's a fair point yeah definitely but yeah coach of the year uh I think it's well deserved. Like I think since the start of the year, we've seen the Kings stay up top there at, at top three for a long, long time. And I mean, who else would we give it to? First year coach of the Kings absolutely changes their whole culture when, when he comes in. Like Fox, the bonus, like they kind of have been having this history of being just kind of middling players, you know, see like floor raisers, like not really winning players. And all of a sudden, boom, like this team is third in the West. Like, one, like probably the toughest conference in the, in, in the NBA. Like, how could you not give your flowers to someone that's bringing the Kings out of all teams to a top three seed in the West? Definitely, man. I think uh, what Coach Brown did for um, Sacramento, um, he, he went from, what, 17 years of playoff drought to uh, being up 2-1 against the Warriors right now. So, props. Props to him. <clears throat> and it's not even that, like, he won Coach of the Year. I think he's... The first unanimous coach of the year, I, I think I like oh, someone can like fact check me on that. But I, I, think I think it, I think this I man think it was, him. yeah, yeah, and it's his second coach of the year award because the first one he won was like in Cleveland in like '09 with LeBron. With LeBron, the squad. yeah, wow, with LeBron. The squad. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, he so he's been like he's been around. You know, he's had like ups and downs in his career, but like this story with the Kings bringing them back to the playoffs after like a 17 year or something drought of not even making it to the playoffs, like, like it's really well deserving. And you can only be like happy for him and the Kings, like Sacramento's like, they're not like an un, they're not like an annoying team that you don't want to root for. You know, like you genuinely like me personally, I genuinely am I'm happy for the Kings, right. like in the position they're in, happy from yeah. Coach Brown. Um, yeah, we'll see what they do with the Warriors, man. Like they have like that. I mean, they won. The Warriors won last night, but you know, plenty of plenty of basketball to be played. So definitely, definitely. <laughs> I think um, Missoula deserves some credit too. Ime Udoka going out after one year and oh, taking the reins for the yeah, stepping up. Even though there was an established culture, like as a new head coach, you got a lot to deal with, right? You got a lot to figure out. So um, I think props to him as well. But definitely, it's not just the established culture, right? It's yeah, like you would email Yudoka, like set like a foundation, then he left. But like sometimes, what a lot of players, if they have like strong relationships with their coach, or they just they might them. not want to take on the new coaches. Exactly, right, they they right. might be like, oh, who the hell is this guy? I'm not really trying to deal with this. And then like a, a culture shift can happen in like two seconds because the presence of like someone important is now gone. But like credit to whatever's going on in the Celtics organization that that didn't happen because these guys are still like they're still dominating they're still top of the, one of the top teams <laughs> in the east so yeah yeah and that is the coach any more any more comments yeah I think I gotta give props to to, to Taylor Jenkins I feel like Taylor Jenkins he was a finalist last year not this year but he bring the Grizzlies to second place in the west I mean he's been a really good coach ever since he's come in like I don't know where he came from. I feel like he's one of these coaches that came out of nowhere and just took the reins from the Grizzlies. And I mean, that first year where they they were pretty much fighting for the lottery pick with John Morant down there, all of a sudden they were second place and they were. Then they beat the the Warriors that one year in the play-in. For mean, the play-in, yeah, for the play-in they did, yeah. Yeah, like props to Tyler Jenkins for sure. I want to give him his players uh, for sure. Deserved, deserved.
anymore? <clears throat> That's about all I have to say for that. All coach. right, all right. And then uh, the one that was presented, I think, last night, the sixth man of the year, the John Havlicek trophy. Okay. Got Malcolm brought. Honestly, I think it should have been named the Jamal Crawford trophy, but what do I know? <laughs> what do, what do the Malcolm yeah, you, brought... the, the Jamal Crawford or the Lou Will trophy. Either Lo- would have been I think best. Jamal Crawford is the OG six man. Because when I think of six man, that's what I think of. I think of him. But mm. six man like Lou Will, bro. What you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon of the Celtics won last night. So I think that was well deserved as well. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the media has been doing a good job so far. But yeah, thoughts? <laughs> like no thoughts, right? just like solid. no thoughts. Okay. No, I, I, I think just the pickup of, of Malcolm Brogdon himself was like very important for the Celtics. Like I knew coming come from Indiana, he was a twenty and ten player before the injuries, and for them to get him and him being content being a backup on the team, like it's insane. And I mean, I think it makes sense that he won it. Like he he was very efficient in the minutes that he got, even though there were some turbulences with you know. Just, having Derek White in the lineup as well. Like, he could have been a candidate as well. Like, he was having a really good year. And, I don't know, just props to him. Him and Quickly, for sure, they were definitely the finalists for that award. And, yeah, I think it's well-deserved. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't really have much anything different to say. <laughs> to be honest, like, the sixth man is, like, it's one of them awards, especially, like, I don't know, this, this year, I haven't really, I feel like, like, me personally, I haven't been paying too, too much attention to, like, what people off the bench, per se, have been mm-hmm. doing. So it's like I can't even form like too strong of an opinion or endorse anyone like yep. that. Right. So I'm gonna just trust the NBA media <laughs> with what they're doing. I'm like, hey man, yeah, like, go for Brogdon. Seems solid, you know. But um, you know who you know who has premise or like could be a really good six man or even a starter, but like they don't let him. They don't give him enough minutes for some reason. You guys like notice Cam Thomas. Cam on Thomas the, of the uh, on the Nets, like yeah, I don't know why yeah. that man doesn't get minutes, like not even bench minutes. I don't get it. Like he's yeah, a they must player. hate him. They must hate him or something. Dude. I don't know. But like yeah, like I thought of him, but then I'm like, this man hasn't even been playing. So it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's tough out here. Yeah, I for feel, sure. I, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Sorry, where thoughts, Ryan? Sorry, I was gonna. No, I was. I was gonna say like Cam Thomas should. If this keeps up, he should go for a different team or something. Yeah, Jacques Vaughn is dissing. Like, I don't know. Man saw the three straight 40-point games, and he's like, you know what? I don't like this guy. <laughs> yeah. He can sit on the bench for all I care. Yeah, I think it's a, uh, I think the whole organization that has, has been a joke, to be honest. Like, ever since they got in KD. I mean, people like to blame KD and Kyrie for, for, for that, like, the Nets downfall. But, like, can you, can you really blame the players to a point where, Katie wants to leave, Kyrie wants to leave, Harden wants to leave, Dragic had things to say, even people on the team had things to say. I mean, bro, that team must have some really bad things going on behind closed doors. And now with Cam Thomas not playing, I mean, people say the argument is, oh, we can't guard a traffic cone. It's the playoffs. Like, everyone, like, Joe Harris is playing, and Joe Harris is breaking shots. Like, how are you not giving Cam <laughs> Thomas? Robinson is playing for the Heat right now. Yeah, like, you're giving more minutes to David Duke Jr. than Cam Thomas, who has proven that he can score. Like, yeah, it might be a ball hog. But you kind of need that in the playoffs. You see Malik Monk on the, on on the Kings, like those first two games where he popped off. Like, you, like you're not expecting him to play rotation minutes for you in the regular season. But when it's playoff time, you need guys that can score. You need guys that can put put points on the board. And I mean, how are you not giving him at least like 10, 15 minutes a game? That's 
what I'm saying. Like at the end of the day, guys, the game's about a bucket. And if you don't have those, two, you don't have that in the playoffs. Like you're gonna get fried. Like you could be the best defensive team, but like I'm gonna quote Mark Jackson. You know, great offense beats great defense every single day of the week. And if you don't have anything to kickstart that, well, you're gonna suffer. And like now the Nets are they're down 3-0 right mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a tough scene out here then again they're going against the sixers and Embiid, and you know but uh yeah at the same time it's like though that this series ha- has been a slog fest especially was it game two i mean yeah the score was 96 84 i was watching the whole game and it's like no one on either team could get a bucket and i'm sitting there screaming at the tv you have a guy on your bench that can drop 40 points any night and you're not playing him in a game where no one can shoot i don't understand the game plan like yeah you want to limit guys like Embiid and harden but both of those guys are pretty much injured at this point like the only people that can score in this series are, are Tobias Harris, Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, and Mikael Bridges. I mean, you need to have someone alongside Mikael Bridges that can score the ball. Agreed. You need, you need another three-level three level scorer. That's what Cam Thomas is. He's a three-level scorer. Yeah, a joke. A joke of a team that a team is. I hope they get swept for not playing Cam Thomas. <laughs> it looks like it. <laughs> they're, they're definitely going to get swept. <laughs> We will see. We will see. Just quick shout out for me. For me is Norman Powell. Oh, for sure. Yeah, oh, for sure. Norman Powell. I think he's a, he's been so underrated since uh, the Clippers are stacked with talent. But Norman Powell definitely, I think, should should have been a good candidate for this award. And low key, Benedict Matherin. I don't know how invested you guys are with Pacers games. No one but, is. Um... Okay. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's been a he's been pretty important uh, like young guy off the bench especially as a rookie so like props no that, that was a really good show I, I think the Pacers have a bunch of guys that have actually flown under the radar a lot especially like, Miles Turner has had one of the best seasons in the league like for a center I mean he's he's been playing very well even a guy like Chris Duarte has started the season pretty well like mm-hmm. they have guys that can that can, they can grow with like if they get one more guy like just a number one like they would be easy championship contenders oh 100% 100% and also, real quick, speaking on the Clippers, with like Norman Powell's a great player. Like he just had like a forty-point game last night. But what are they doing by not playing Robert Covington? I I don't understand. Like you have this guy on the bench that can defend the five, and you're playing <laughs> yeah. Nick Batum more minutes than him. Like he, Nick Batum is having a shocking series, a horrendous series. Can't hit a shot to save his life, and you have but someone like Covington. Tyler's still playing him. I don't understand. <laughs> I, you have to give Covington the look here. Like it's the playoffs. Like, I know coaches like to play the, the guys that they trust, but. When it comes push to shove, like you need to play the guys that are going to perform, and you never know who's going to perform. Like we've seen a guy, like Tory Craig, step up in the playoffs. We've seen guys like I can't even name another player who who's like on the Grizzlies, Xavier Tillman, step up in the playoffs. Like you need to trust the guys that come off the bench sometimes. And if you're not giving a guy like Covington minutes, it's it's a joke. I feel like. Yeah, hundred percent agreed. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's um. I also feel like the reason this might happen is because like from our perspective we're like it's common sense you have a guy on the bench that can give you what you need why aren't you playing him but i feel like a lot of times coaches like they have egos and they tend to get in the way like if they if the coach has a personal issue with a player like that might have happened in the locker room or i don't know or if a coach like you know they tend to play favorites like oh i'd rather have this guy because he's my dog like i'd rather you mm-hmm. know play him i feel like that that comes a into very, effect, right? that that factors in like you obviously like from from our perspective we're like yo like are you stupid you have him <laughs> right there just put him on get him on the court what we have what we need 
but then you have from the coach the coach is like ah you know i can't diss my boy like that or like oh like screw that guy like he he was telling me like i had no drip last night bro like (laughs) so i i feel like i don't know i feel like coach egos tend to get in the way of a lot of like decisions like this whole cam thomas thing i guarantee you because cam's a great player jack vaughn has something against cam against him (laughs) I, i i i swear so with the whole Robert Covington thing, I don't know, man. Maybe he and him and Ty Lu like just aren't tight or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. for sure. I mean, he, he didn't he didn't tap him up in the tunnel. So. <laughs> maybe, man. Like, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no, but I mean, maybe coaches do also have a different perspective. Like they see these players through practice day in and day out. So maybe I'm just being a bit a bit too crazy right now. But we've seen what they can do in the past. Like I just feel like you kind of have to give these players a shot. Like it it just makes sense in the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day something's got to work right yeah and you only have so many games you you have four games minimum so it is what it is exactly are any more comments on six man no i don't think so Uh, not really yeah all right let's hit up with the words that have not been talked or have not been presented but who we think will win so i'm gonna start off with the Will Chamberlain Trophy, also known as the Rookie of the Year. That's the Rookie of the Year? Yeah, that's the Rookie of the Year. The Will Chamberlain, the guy that I'm scored 100 surprised. points. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Disrespect, dude. That should be like the leading scorer. Anthony Bennett Trophy or oh, something no. like that. The Anthony Bennett Trophy. The Ben Simmons Trophy. <laughs> Simmons Trophy. Ah, he should have won it twice. He should have won it twice, but you know. All right. Um, I don't know how clear-cut this one is for you guys, but Too I got clear. Paolo, Paolo Boncaro. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it's like it was almost unanimous with a bunch of the voters. I said one guy voted <laughs> Someone for Walker, Walker Kessler. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, I, the guy from Salt Lake, Salt Lake City. Though. Yeah, like what a coincidence! <laughs> I, mean, I know, crazy. <laughs> but Paolo Boncaro, I think he is the unanim- almost unanimous ROI. So, um, yeah. Anything? Anyone else for you guys? I mean, yeah, I think pretty much just the course of the season. Oh my bad. Oh no, you can, go, you can go. You can go. I was just gonna run a long tangent, but you, you can go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was just gonna say like I think throughout the course of the season, I think like the competition was mainly between like like him, like Paulo Bancaro or Banchero, however you say his name, and then uh, um, Benedict Matherin. But I don't know how that um, like throughout the like near the end of the season, I don't know if that like race changed or like obviously like Paulo was on top, but like I don't know if anyone else like kind of um took took um benedict's spot like in the race oh, uh, walker kessler and jalen williams yeah i think that yeah. this race is actually really interesting i mean i have not kept up with the magic as much this year i mean i feel like a lot of people ha- probably haven't i didn't but, but pa- paulo started off very very strong and i think he kind of tailed off near the end of the season like he had a he, he was shooting horrendous from the three-point line after like the all-star break or something it was, it was horrendous and i think this is like kind of the argument that that happened with Lamelo ball and anthony edwards where LaMelo had a really strong first half of the season, but kind of tailed off near the end while Anthony Edwards kind of was struggling during the start, but then really came on in, in the end. And at the end, they gave it to LaMelo for having the first half strong of the season. But I think J-Dub on, on, on the Oklahoma City Thunder, Jay Williams, I mean, he ha- has had a disgusting second half of the season. Like, the Thunder made the play the play-in because of Shea, 
Giddy and him. Like those are the three primary guys on the offense, and you're trusting a rookie to drop twenty plus points per game almost every night. I mean, it was really impressive what was going on with him. Even on defensive end, he's 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 strong. He's smart. I mean, I think he really had a strong argument for defensive player of the year, <laughs> not defensive player of the year, for rookie of the year. And on the other side, Walker Kessler also really came on <laughs> near the end. I mean, he had a, a case for a defensive player of the year. I mean, he was blocking shots left and right, rebounding the ball. I mean, he was basically Gobert two so I think the race was a lot closer than I think people would assume it would be. I think Mike mm-hmm. still kind of edges them out for having such a strong first half of the season. But J-Dub and Kessler are definitely like really strong candidates for, for rookie of the year. And honestly, I wouldn't even be mad if either of those guys won the award either. Agreed. Agreed. I think my strongest picks would have come down to Kessler and Williams. Uh, sorry, uh, Bancaro and Kessler. Obviously, Williams is a huge factor for the Thunders, like, their record and the way they played this entire season. But uh, at the end of the day, he still had two other guys with him. And I think from here on out, he's just going to improve and get better. For Kessler, he had huge shoes to fill in with Gobert's departure. So uh, props to him for being able to cover some of those areas up and do his best as a rookie, as a first-year guy. And yeah. Carroll kind of just 20 points a game as a rookie. I think the the media kind of saw them and was like, ah, that's him. So that, those are just my thoughts. Yeah, I think Kessler also has been a really, really good clutch player this year too. I mean, his performance down the stretch and like big, big games, uh, you've seen it time in and time out. Kessler is a dog. And I think, I mean, I don't want to go too crazy. But <laughs> next year, Kessler might be better than Gobert. I think he just has so much to offer, Kessler does. And I'm really impressed with, with the Utah Jazz, Utah Jazz roster. Is that a hot take? Kessler being better than Gobert? I mean, have you seen Gobert? Like, this guy's kind of a bum, dude. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, I just have all this. I just have a bunch of bias against Gobert. So, like, I can't even speak factually. Like, this, this guy's just. It's like he said, man. He's a bum, bro. <laughs> but, he's, yeah. a French, he's a French bum. So. He's a baguette. No, but I'll give Gobert baguette, the benefit, benefit of that. Like, I'm not a Gobert hater, okay? Like, even though I just call him a bum, like... <laughs> you, used to love, you, you used to love Gobert. No, I think, I think Gobert is a good you player. In Gobert. Yeah, he's, I think he's a you good love player. Gobert, yeah. He's, a, he's yeah. a good player. Like, he, he does provide value on defense, but in certain matchups, he just gets absolutely run off the court. Like, him against Jokic is great and all. You would think the matchup is great, but you put him in a pick and roll, he is cooked. He, he just doesn't know what to do. I mean, all of last game, Denver and Minnesota, it's just... Pick and roll with, with Jokic as the ball handler and Gobert just in no man's land. Gobert does not know what to do. He just stands in the middle of the paint. Someone just cuts behind him, alley-oop. And if you try to contest Gobert, like, he will jump. Gobert will jump. Like, it, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I think Gobert just has, has kind of fallen from grace. Like, he was such a impactful defender in Utah, but I think he just kind of failed to improve. He just seems like the same old player, like, hasn't learned to move his feet, hasn't learned. I mean, he's, he has great hands, great legs, but... Man, he just he just gets exposed in the playoffs, and I think it sucks to see. But maybe that's just who Gobert is. It's been a trend for years. It, it'll be hard to see any more difference from him moving forward. But we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so rookie of the year, we got Paolo Banchero. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> yeah, seems like. All right, moving on. Most improved. I think this is the one that I had a lot of trouble with coming up. So. What do you? What do you guys have? Actually, let me let's hear who you got though. If if you had trouble, I don't hear yeah. you got. I think, I think Laurie Markin is gonna win it. 
but I personally would have went with Jalen Brunson. Hmm. I think it was a three-man race for me as well. I think it was yeah. Markkanen, Markkanen, Brunson, and, and Shea. Yeah. But I, I think Markkanen is going to win it as well, but I would have probably gone with Shea. I think Shea jumping from kind of like a good stats, bad team guy to being one of the top five players in the league this year is just mm-hmm. one of the most insane jumps. Like The jump from being kind of a borderline all-star to an all-star is impressive, like, like Brunson was, but... The jump from all-star to MVP candidate is arguably even harder of a jump. So, I don't know. I think I would give it to Shea for just carrying their team and being one of the most efficient players in the league. I mean, he literally cooked everybody. Everybody Mm -hmm. that regarded him, he would just be cooking. I think that's one of the hardest things to do, especially as someone that's as lanky and small as he is. Like, we give uh, Trey Young kind of the same props for being such an impactful player with the size that he is. I think Shea just has mastered his body control and footwork and for for him to be a top five MVP candidate, I, I think I would I would probably give it to him, but I, I think Marcus is probably gonna win it. Yeah. <clears throat> I had Shea for that exact reason. Like how do you like some people may be like they might disagree, be like, Oh, he was an all star and he's an all star again. What do you mean? But it's like it's like he said, it's you go from like a, oh, okay, yeah, he made the all star team to like, oh, he's all NBA first team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's like, if you're all NBA first team, you're that's essentially stating like, hey, you're one of the top five players in the game, essentially, and like you're you're looked at as an MVP candidate. That's really, really impressive to me. Like to be able to make that leap in like one off season. Um, granted, yeah, the Thunder didn't exactly <laughs> they they didn't exactly make the playoffs, but like you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's um. Sure individually it's a it's a pretty good like it's pretty at least they made the play in right? mm-hmm. like there's only so much you can do like it's a team sport only so much you can do as an individual but like individually he like really i don't know man that man stepped just he, he stepped up he he did what he could with the talent that he had and um yeah Shea, Shea made some good leaps but like honorable mention like you can um or like like um the dude in utah Marketing the dude in Utah. This guy is not a Salt Lake That's crazy. fan for sure. <laughs> yeah, marketing. Yeah, like that is like that makes a lot of sense. Like why you'd want to give it to marketing. Those think, are the two. Yeah, I think the media is going to favor marketing just because he went from a bench guy in Cleveland to their number one option. Yeah, like, but I think. I told you guys, like, I think Jalen Brunson is, like, super deserving. Because he went kind of went from, like, a finals, Western Conference finals team in Dallas last year to a New York team that was out of the playoff picture. And now they're, what, the fourth, the fifth seed? So, so, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, the Knicks have always had a great team, though. So they, like, even though last year they missed the playoffs, like, we've seen Brunson perform at this level in the playoffs Well, he was already kind of... His most improved candidacy kind of began in the playoffs last year already. So. That's the only reason why I, I would be hesitant to give it to him. Because we've we seen this Brunson. We, we, like, even during the, the last half of, of last season, like we kind of did see this Brunson. Like, I have him third, but I, I think that just like the, the outstanding aspect of marketing and, and SGA kind of just put him over the edge. Yeah, you guys make a fair point. I just think 
that what he did last year should still go recognized because he kept this like consistent throughout the rest of the year right so i i think that that should have been recognized to begin with okay okay yeah but i think another candidate i would have mentioned was Macau bridges oh for sure this guy went from what yeah. 13 points a game in phoenix to what 20 plus <laughs> 20 22 totally. 23 in brooklyn so like and like he kept him afloat for the playoff picture, so props to this yeah. guy. His whole usage, like, persona changed. Like, in Brooklyn, he was, like, a 3-and-D catch-me-on-the-wing player, and now he's, like, I'm a cook in the half-court offense as your primary, like, your number one option mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Like, seeing him take over games like that, like, yeah, they'll definitely see him getting some sort of consideration there for sure. But I think this award is really based on, like, a season-to-season thing, not, like, a mid-season has it been given like based on midseason changes? I don't think it has. I, th- I think they, I think they just compare like what you were last season to what you did this season. I, th- I think that's like I think that's the um, criteria. Which yeah. is a little unfortunate. You have all these like these spurts, these like improvements that happen at the most randomest times. So yeah. I think that's a little downfall about this award. But overall, I really. I, I enjoy listening to this award since see so many people like so many athletes get the recognition they deserve the hard work they put in. Yeah, and real quick just about Mikhail Bridges. I mean, my goodness. I mean, when Booker was out and who was I mean, it was there was a stretch where Mikhail Bridges was pretty much their only primary offense for the Suns, and I was watching. I'm 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 sitting there like man, like it just seems like what any regular team would do. They would just give it to like the next best guy and have him chuck a bunch of shots. And that's kind of what it looked like. It looked like Mikhail was just like taking shots. Like he wasn't the most efficient. He had a game where he had almost like 30 points, but I wasn't really impressed with the offense they were running. Mm-hmm. And then once he got traded to Brooklyn, I was kind of skeptical. I'm like, you're going to have him as their number one. Like, I don't know how this is going to work out. And all of a sudden he just transformed into like a different <laughs> player. It feels like, so yeah, I definitely got to give him credit. Like if he keeps this up, he's going to win it every award next season with like <laughs> yeah, the only the guy to he... play more than 65 games <laughs> he, he's playing 83 games again next season they gotta give him a award for that the iron man award or the something. iron man award right yeah that, that that would be sick though like if they had an award to recognize players who played the entire entire run yeah i think that'd be great i think that they should really implement that it would incentivize actually playing the whole season yeah actually real quick what award would you put in like like something that's not in the NBA right now. Like, what award would you implement? <clears throat> I always um used to talk about with my friends about this. I'm like, I think there should be a difference between the MVP and the best player in the NBA award because I think there are two different awards. I think oh. the most valuable... I think they're... I think, like, they're two different meanings. Like, the MVP is not the same as the best player in the NBA. So who's your best been, player in the NBA, then? Right now, I think the best player in the NBA is Giannis. Giannis. Okay. But he's not going to win the MVP this season. No. Yeah. I think the MVP award is very, like, it's it requires a story. Like, the, the player, like, the, like a lot of times there's, like, a, there's like a storyline. A narrative? There. A narrative. It requires a narrative. It requires you to obviously be have a winning team, put up good stats. But the narrative is what kind of drives you. And voter fatigue is also what kind of drives it. So when there's like a new sensation in the NBA, like, oh, like this guy did this. The narrative around him is this. What happened on the team is like so-and-so. That kind of like, it it gives you a stronger case to win the MVP. And then like a guy before the season could be like, you know what, this season I'm going to go for the MVP. 
Now, all of a sudden, the eyes are on him to win the MVP. Like, the MVP is something that could be, I think, easily manipulated by the media, by, by just a lot of stuff. But it's different from the best player in the NBA. Like, if you look at LeBron from, like, 2010 to, like, 2018, that's, like, arguably he was the, the best, best player. That's the best player in the NBA. But did he win MVP all those seasons? No, because, nope. because the MVP is not the same thing as the best player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So I think they should have two different awards. <laughs> like a guy could, but then again, like the same shit I applied to last year, where like you, you may have voter fatigue, which is why maybe instead of like for the best player in the NBA, instead of letting media vote for it, you should have like the NBA the players, players vote. vote for it. Yeah. yeah. So players should vote for the best player in the NBA is now. Yeah. You're going to have some like people that vote for themselves and I don't know, but I, I maybe not an award, but I do feel like, the MVP is not the same as the best player in the NBA. Mm, 100% agree. I think... I like that award. Yeah, I feel like... I'm going to take one from hockey because, I mean, I'm a big hockey guy and I think their awards are pretty well well established. I mean, they're, they're okay. There's two awards that kind of speak into it. There, there's, there's MVP and there's a most outstanding player. I think those two could also... Like, a most outstanding player could really help, but the one I really want to put in is best two-way player. I don't know why there's no best two-way player in the NBA. Like... That guys who do it on both ends of the floor, right? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of guys that do that that don't get the recognition. Like, Paul George, if he's healthy, would definitely win that award maybe once or twice. Anthony Edwards could win that award. And Bede would probably win that award this year. Like, I think they just need to have more awards. And I think to speak about the MVP being narrative-driven, I think that's exactly what it is. I'm not sure if we're going to – are we going to talk about this episode? No, no, uh, the MVP? Oh, uh, yeah, we can, we can touch on it real quick if we want to. But honestly, I think – that requires a whole episode on its own if you guys want to discuss later. Yeah, because I just feel like that, like, how you, uh, I mean, how you said that it was narrative-driven, like, that, I think that's what's going to have Embiid winning the MVP. Like, he may not be the greatest player this year. Like, he's dominant for sure, but just him not winning it the last two years and him feeling like he has a chip on his shoulder, like, I think they're just going to kind of give him this pity award. Like, okay, you, you've been complaining about it, whining for it, like, you always say you want it, like let's just give it to you. I think that's what's gonna happen this year, which it sucks, but I mean, it is what it is. It is very narrative driven. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's exactly what's gonna happen. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm not saying that. Like, he's leading the league in scoring. He's, you know, he's had a defensive presence. The Sixers are a top, what, three seed, four seed. They're they're they're, they're up there. They're winning yep. games. So he fits the criteria. Yeah. But are there other candidates for sure? But he's gonna win it because he's been bitching about it the last two seasons. <laughs> so yeah. that that's it. How it like, is? You know what, man? Here, man. Just just you've been crying. Just take just it. You take know. It. Just have it. Please like, just shut up. Like stop talking <laughs> with MVP. Up. Yeah. So, so you got a best outstanding award, Yash, or like most outstanding player award? Yeah. So yeah, I'll just yep. go back to yeah. Like either have an outstanding award player or the best player or got you. Even that two-way, two-way of the, the year. The two-way, so is yeah, like Austin has solid. a Austin has a two-way player of the year award. Because technically, per- the best two-way yeah. player would yeah. also be like the be best. The best. Because yeah. yo, can you get it done on both ends? Are you a menace offensively and defensively? <laughs> sure. That <laughs> Jokic would never be in that award. I think that would just be like segregation against Jokic. It'd be like Giannis and Bede, <laughs> and then Jokic is not in there. <laughs> Probably LeBron still in that one, but you know who knows. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. LeBron defense? No. 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 Well, like b- back in his heyday, like back in definitely not now, man. He's just like 20, 2013 Bron, yeah. Oh yeah. He, Miami Heat LeBron. He should have won DPOY that year. I mean, it was insane. But... With Marcus All. 
Yeah, he should. He, bro, yeah. Marcus Sewell was he was like second team defense. He was second defense. team all defense. Yeah, he yeah. won defense. It was crazy. Yeah, when I heard right. that, I was like, wow, they really oh didn't God. want him to have like that perfect season. Facts. <laughs> what about you? All right, just uh, comeback player of the year award. Oh yeah, Ooh. they don't have that. You've got you've got uh, veterans who fought, who don't do as well like the year before. They kind of step up. But the biggest example I can give was like 2018 Derrick Rose. Or 2019 Derrick Rose, he kind of, he was kind of bad throughout that stretch, from Cleveland to Minnesota. But he kind of like stepped up, what to what, 18 points a game off the bench. I think, yeah, he made a big comeback that year. So even Derrick that Rose, one uh, Detroit Pistons Blake Griffin year, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Back. When yeah. he when he came back from that what knee surgery. Yeah, and yeah, led that I team think, 25 points a game. I'm, yeah, and he got he dragged them to the playoffs like. I think the comeback of the year, comeback player of the year award, should should be recognized for sure. Who would win this year? Who do you think? Who do I think? It's hmm. tough to ask right now, but I mean, it is. It's a head. tough question to ask because, like, I think Dame. Dame? Dame. Dame didn't play last year, didn't he? Or he was did. that the year? He did. He did. He did. I I was thinking of like the year before then because I remember <laughs> he had a dom had surgery. Maybe Clay Thompson. You know who do. Play kind of was consistent the entire year, though. Oh, yeah, it's true. You know who comes to mind for me, though? Who? I take... You take DeMar post those San Antonio Spurs years, and, like, when he's back in Chicago... Chicago? Oh, yeah, because his, like, his stats went up like crazy. Because, like, he learned a lot of... He learned a thing or two in in San Antonio about, like... I don't know, like how to playmaking, like, playmaking facilitator, how to like just be smart on offense, and then he brings that back with his bag that he, that's already so deep in Chicago. Bro, he had like I think he averaged like 27, 28 points per game. Like in San Antonio, he was averaging like nineteen or something like that because mm-hmm. he was like his assist numbers were like super high, field goal yep. percentage was super high, and then he brings that back. Like his field goal shooting. For a man that's like mainly reliant on like middies and pump fakes and spins, fadeaways, really good efficiency, but also like so consistent with it. Like he last year or the year before that, like if there was a comeback player, it'd probably be him. Probably. Oh, like he'd be he'd be in consideration because like you go from like someone that no one talks about in San Antonio to like all anyone can talk about in the East for like a good span of time. Like, bro. Loki Jamal Murray. I think Jamal Murray couldn't make a case for it. He didn't play at all true. the last two seasons, right? Yeah, that that's such yeah. a really good. Yeah, good man lost like two seasons. Yeah, he two lost seasons. two seasons and he's back. Who obviously, he hit Bubble Murray was a different guy, but I think what <sighs> he's doing night. right now, <laughs> what he's yeah. doing now, still mad impressive. So um, I, I think if I were to have a comeback player, Jamal Murray. Yeah, there what? You go. You also have to go back to what's the criteria they held? Sixty-five games. <laughs> so you, have at, you have to look at this. You have to look at this man from a sixty-five game perspective, yo. <laughs> That's actually no, true, right? That's actually true. That'd be so funny, like <laughs> you play sixty-four games. Nah. Yeah, like, yeah like, nah. Too bad, bro. That, sucks, that bro. would sucks. suck. Yeah, <laughs> that would suck. You have like 30, 15, and like 5, and like you play 64 games, you don't even make all NBA, bro. It's like, you're not even eligible for all NBA 13. Fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> bro, at this, at this point, they're going to have like Al Horford making 
Bro, you're gonna make Kyle Bridges make it all in be a first team, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Do you guys want to talk about MVP in a bit or that's, that's a spicy topic. I mean I think we all have the same kind of I'll just talk about it. Why not? I'll just talk about it. Let's talk about it? I bet. What do you guys got? How about you, Ryan? How about you stop this out? You're the host, you know? <laughs> I think because of the voter fatigue and everything, Joel Embiid. Okay. I think he definitely, quote unquote, deserves it because of him being able to drag the Sixers. Or not drag, kind of like be their main vocal point throughout the entire season. And I think he's actually played more than 60 games. I think he played like 66 games this year. Yeah, 66. 66, so he made the cut. Yeah, barely. Yeah. Barely, barely Lucky indeed, the... bro. <laughs> but yeah, I think Embiid's probably going to get it this year. Uh, someone I probably would have considered as well, though, DeMontis Sabonis. Ooh, that's Pretty a tough think, one. I think he gets, he deserves some recognition. Obviously, guys like Giannis and Tatum, they're going to be in a conversation as well. SGA, but I think Sabonis, even though as much credit is due to Mike Brown, you still need the players to to execute said vision, right? And yeah. Sabonis, while Deere and Fox is probably the guy you think of when you think Sacramento, when you think the Kings, but when I think of who is their most important player, I think it's DeMontis Sabonis. That, but I feel like Sabonis, like, he would definitely have a good case, but him having Fox beside him, just, like, it sucks. Like, when you have two, like, on, I guess number one options, I guess you could say for those guys, like, it's tough to give one of those guys the MVP. It, it really mm-hmm. is tough. That's why I feel like LeBron and AD, like, it would just be really hard for one of those guys to win it. Yeah, even though AD was playing, like, an MVP before before injuries happened. Exactly. And LeBron was in the conversation the year I think Harden won it, or what was mm-hmm. it? He was. He should have won it that year, honestly, but it is what it is. I think it's uh, 65 games, maybe. And the whole key is 65 <laughs> games. <laughs> what about you guys? I think I had a I had a three-man race. Like, at the end of the day, like, yeah, I have guys that I consider, like, SGA, but to who's going to win it? It's it's Jokic and beat Giannis. It's been like this for the past three years, I feel like. It is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Yo- Jokic probably deserves it, but, I mean, again, narrative-driven, like, it's – him having a three three times MVP is just not gonna happen. Like that company, like is supposed to be reserved for like the great greats. Like even Michael Jordan has done that. It's it's too, it's too difficult to win three back to back to back. I feel like he just doesn't have a chance to get it. It's, it really is flawed. But he did lead, lead uh, his team to the to the first seed in the West. Like I'm not gonna take anything away from him. Almost I mean that's that's double. your pick to win. That's your pick to win the championship. The, yeah, the championship. Yeah. So. Yeah. You got the Nuggets winning the championship. I mean, did you see him last night? God damn, dude! I mean, they can, no one can stop them. I'm playing. I mean, that's just how I feel. But Gian- Giannis obviously led his team to the best record in the league. Played a lot of his games with that Middleton as well. It was him and Drew Holiday holding it down, mm-hmm. and Brook Lopez. I think he's probably second this year. Uh, like in my opinion, but narrative wise, he's he's gonna be third. And then. Uh, just circling back, it's, it's Embiid. Embiid's probably going to win it. Embiid, yep. Coming out from last year, he played really, really well last year. 68 games the, uh, last year, 66 this year. He stayed healthy. Hasn't shot the three ball as well, but, I mean, he, he did lead Philly to a, a top 10 defense in the league. 
top uh, near the top in rebounding stats this year. So I mean, it, narrative wise, it makes sense, and he does have the case, so it's gonna be Embiid. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, uh, same thing. Narrative wise, it's him. He top three seed. He's leading the league in scoring. He's gonna win it. But if I were to like give the MVP based solely on like what I think the MVP award means. I would probably give it to Jokic because of you take okay if you, if you I feel like of all the candidates you have you have Giannis you have Embiid you have you take um, Jokic away from Jokic. the Nuggets they're you uh, take Jokic off that Nugget team is that Nugget team where is they're that barely team? a playoff team they're, they're barely, barely a playoff team. team right I feel like you yeah. take you take the others off their team they're still gonna make the playoffs some noise yeah in some ways like think well, Jokic is in a stacked West Western Conference I don't think it's a debate that the West is severely more stacked than the Eastern conferences this season. Like I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's. No, like, no, it's not a debate. It's not a debate. It's not a debate. So if you look at what he did, he brought his team to the number one seed, in a really heavy, like all-star studded Western Conference, and yeah, his stats may not like Jokic. Like a lot of the analytics people love Jokic, and it's like I'm not an analytics guy, but like I just look at it like face value. You take you take that man off that team, that team. Like, as nice as Jamal Murray is, Jamal Murray is not a Batman. That man, so he's a Robin. He's not going to carry a team for you. He's going to be like... He's going to be like Kyrie was for LeBron during those championship runs. Kyrie's not going to lead that team on his own. He, he got LeBron's back, but LeBron's carrying... He's, 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 he's doing the heavy lifting, right? Yeah, he's the, the, the horse rider, the bus driver, whatever the hell you call <laughs> horse it. Rider. Horse so, rider. So if I, if, I t- if I take Giannis off that team, there's in in that Eastern Conference, they're still they're still securing a seven eight spot, you know what I mean? If I took Embiid off that team, they still have Maxi, still have Harden. I still believe they'd make the playoffs because Harden is still like I know he didn't make the All Star game this year, but like he still has like he hasn't fallen off completely, you know? Like he's like Harden. He's an the assist leader. Assist. Yeah, he's an assist, assist leader. He's he's a very dynamic guard. He can play point. He can play shooting. He can. He he'll do what you want him to do. He he has those abilities. Like I'm not gonna lie, at the beginning of the season, I thought Tatum was gonna win MVP because like he hasn't won it yet. He has a window. The Celtics are a great team, mm-hmm. right? But and there was a strong case for him early on until the narrative shifted towards Embiid. Embiid started talking about not winning the MVP, about Jokic winning the MVP, and then like all of a sudden the focus was off Tatum. The man this season averaged 30 points like nine rebounds, like five assists, solid numbers, their second seed, but he isn't even in the conversation. Do I think he's an MVP caliber player? Fuck yes, but he's not in the conversation. So if Mm. I look at it, like, yeah, narrative-wise, it it sucks. It's such a narrative-based award. But if I look at it, the MVP should be based on how much a player's value is to that team. If you take, if you remove that player from that team, like... If if the if the if it's so like if they're lost so detrimental to the team, I think that should be the MVP. But uh, yeah, uh, that's my take. That's why yeah. they should have a separate award. They should have a best player, outstanding player award, or you know something like that. To give other players their flowers, and then the MVP could be like, hey, this man is the sole reason we made it this far. Mm. It's, it's, yeah. Nah, I fuck with that. I fuck with that logic. It's um. It's a good way to think about what most valuable means. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to score the most points to be the most valuable. You just have to do what, do. It's like being the best player on your team versus 
being the most valuable player in your team. Damn, look at Steve Nash in 05 and 06. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> 15 that points man, a game. 15 points a game. But the Suns, he is the heart and soul of that Suns team. He operates the offense. He is the reason that Suns team was where they are. You take Steve Nash off that team and you have Amari Stoudemire as good as he is as your number one option. That team is not, I'm sorry, that team's not making the playoffs. And this guy got them to the second seed both seasons. Mm. And, like, everyone's, like, saying, like, oh, you know, like, you had players like Kobe, LeBron, Shaq. Yeah, stat-wise, they dominated. They, 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 they're they clearly better players than Steve Nash. Steve Nash can't lick their lick their boots. But Steve Nash was the most valuable player on a very good team in a stacked Western Conference. That is the definition of MVP. Mm, agreed. I respect that. I like that definition. Austin? Yeah. Wait, wait, whatever. Yeah, I, I stated my case. Like, oh, I mean, but, like, any thoughts? Any thoughts yeah. about the? <laughs> no, I, I think, I, I think, I think what makes Jokic like such a crazy player is that year after year, like people keep pointing out his flaws. Like they keep trying to poke at his flaws. Like he can't play defense. He doesn't score as much. He's all this and that. Like people like to dog on Jokic, and Jokic comes in year after year, averaging the same numbers leading his team to the top of the conference year after year, even though people say he has so many flaws. Like, I think that's what makes Jokic's case even more crazy. Like, a guy like Embiid and Giannis, you would say, like, they're complete players. Like, they're dominant on both ends, this and that. Jokic is doing this while, like, people keep pointing out his flaws. Like, it, I think Jokic just gets hated so much by the media, especially this year, and he's still just the same guy, game in, game out. Mm. Ryan, yeah, yeah right. I, mean, no, I mean, sorry, sorry. I was, I was just reading his stats. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it, it, yeah. it helps his narrative. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it helps Jokic's narrative. Like, it's like, hey, you think he has all these problems? He's still the reason his team is winning. So, if anything, him having flaws just helps his case even more. Exactly. <laughs> like him being I, unathletic. Wow, even more impressive. <laughs> I think people I mean? just, I think people just like to hate on the past MVP winner. Like, remember when Giannis won two in a row? People I think started... it's a shame because he hasn't won a championship. I think that's really the only knock they have yeah. on him. But they kind of just go on him a bit too hard. Like, it's totally not his fault that they didn't win those series. Like, mm-hmm. poor shooting combined with just, like, untimely performances, bad shooting at bad times. Like, that's what loses these series. It wasn't Jokic solely. But, I mean, people like to make it that way because he is the MVP. And, like, outside looking in, if you're looking at this team, they have the MVP. The MVP should be playing like the MVP. He should be carrying that team. If they're the first seed, they should be winning these games. But that's just not what happens in the playoffs. Like, that's why people had the Warriors beating the Kings in the 3-6 matchup, even though the Kings were three. The Warriors had Curry. They have, like, all these guys that have proven that they won before. That's why... That's why that's why they're they're like you know like touted to win. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just unfortunate on Jokic for him him being so good that they that they get the first seed and just these underperforming the playoffs. Definitely, I don't want to. We're having a good conversation here. I don't want to cut anything, but um, uh, just real quick, would you cons- would you include regular season and postseason awards together or separately? Like obviously right now it's separate, but would you consider? merging the two to determine. I would not because if there's a guy outside the playoffs that like I've got that misses the playoffs like SGA like his case for all NBA first team or second team whatever is, is so clear and let's say Booker makes it to the finals and wins the tap- championship like he's probably going to overtake SGA mm-hmm. for all NBA like whatever position because I think Booker's behind SGA right now but if Booker has a strong playoffs and makes it to the finals like he's going to overtake SGA if that's the case 
So I probably okay. wouldn't do that. Okay. But isn't yeah. the, the goal of being in the NBA to win a championship? But, I mean, you can't blame SGA for having not that strong of a team compared yeah, to... Yeah, definitely, definitely. But, like, would you consider, like, having a separate category then? Like, an, an all-playoff first team? Mm, that would be interesting, but what would that prove, though? Like, the teams that were in the playoffs, the players who did the, both, did the best, did their, gave it their all the most. Would you have a team like that? All playoff first team. All it, playoff it, it wouldn't hurt to add. I mean, why not, I guess? But didn't they have an all bubble first team or something like that? Oh, there was? Oh, man. <laughs> I swear there was. I, I, I think MVP. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, Dame won like the Mickey. Dame Mickey was Mouse the bubble MVP. But yeah, I, I think that would be a really good way to determine who are the real superstars, who are the the top, like the guys who step up in the in the moment in the minute yeah, in yeah. the moment you know that actually would be good recognition I feel like yeah yeah that's just that's just some thoughts no I agree I definitely want to separate them I don't I don't think combining is a good idea but uh, having them separate like regular season awards or regular season awards playoff awards or playoff awards um yeah that, that's like that's the better way I mean like. Even it's not even just the superstars. Like anyone that steps up in the playoffs could be considered. Like if you look at like if Kawhi stays out and Norman Powell keeps balling like this, like Norman Powell could just fuck around and make like an all playoff team. Just all playoff first team. I don't know about first, but like he he could. You don't know if they had it, bro. You never know. They, yeah, they should have a playoff MVP as well. Like I know there's a Finals MVP, but, but like that's yo. not the that's not the MVP of the entire playoffs though. You know. Maybe if you make it to like the conference finals. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Because I like, know they like, have that thing for baseball, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. That'd be very interesting. <laughs> maybe maybe a topic for next time. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that kind of concludes this episode. Any parting thoughts? Uh, Ben Simmons should be playing in the playoffs. Uh, that's my final thoughts. He's my he's my favorite player, you know. And I'm, I mean, if he's a tech rehab that hard, I mean, he should be kind of soon enough, you know. But I mean, whatever. It's, it's all good. Wait, is is Ben Simmons actually your favorite player? Yeah, since he was drafted. Come on, word. <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hop off the bandwagon because he's down, bro. That's what fake people do. I I got that's his back, man. It's true. It's true. No. You know, despite all the shit that Kyrie has done, you know. <laughs> well, Kyrie was Kyrie was posting links to like questionable movies. Right? Yeah, you know, this guy's favorite player is a terrorist, bro. Holy, might be worse than me. <laughs> you know, listen, I'm I'm just uh, I'm, I admire the sauciness, the shot ability, you know, shot creation, bro. But, uh, yeah, he's just there for the game. He's just there for the. Yeah, I'm just, the I'm just a student of the game. Right? <laughs> student of the and game. And just loves the art, uh, the artistry and wizardry that Kyrie plays with. Oh, he's guessing. Kyrie, it. Kyrie, the person, you know, I don't know too much, but uh, Kyrie, the <laughs> basketball player, is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So thanks, Yash. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for having me on, man. Nah, it was fun. It was a fun time. Hope to have you on another time then. <laughs> sure, of course, bro. Appreciate it. Austin, you want to part ways? 
course, thanks for listening, guys. It's another episode of Court of Kings. See how I didn't butcher it, Ryan? Court of Kings, you know? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we'll see you guys later.